Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk Series 7, Episode 10, which means it's the final episode of this series of Mum Talk. Don't worry, Series 8 is in the planning. In fact, I'm doing some recordings this week on Thursday, I think it is, with some wonderful guests who are going to be appearing on the series. Uh, So have a look on my Mum Talk podcast Instagram for who they are and get your questions in because we've got some fab guests coming on and yeah a couple of those are coming on before I have a little bit of a break but you guys know me there'll be a bonus episode because I can't I can't stay away from you guys for too long so I'm sure there'll be bonus episodes Um, but I'm also working on something a little bit um, special for those of you who Um, answered my poll on Instagram about wanting to bring this community um, into a tighter knit community essentially so we can really chat with each other we can connect with each other not just me um, and we can share all of our experiences so something really exciting is happening there Um, I'm not um, it's not kind of ready yet (laughs) it's not ready yet and I don't know if it'll ever be ready because it's quite a big step um, and it's quite a big ask but I am working on it anyway um, and we'll just see as it develops how it goes. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on all of that over the next couple of weeks and we'll see um, We'll see if at some point it's time to go live with it, we'll see. Anyway, today, today you might be expecting another deep, open-hearted podcast because that seems to have been the last few have been like that right but I have to say I'm really tired I'm really tired of um talking all of my emotions out loud (laughs) I love doing it you guys know I do and given the opportunity I'll do it every day but I am it is emotionally draining and it is um yeah, I'm just really tired and I don't think I will be able to get the words out or what I want to say out in the right order um, this week. And also, I don't want anything to be forced, you know, so this podcast is seriously from from me, from in the moment, from the heart, just me opening up and having open conversations with you guys and I don't want anything to be forced. And I was sitting downstairs thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what can I talk about to give them some insight into what's going on? And I just thought this is forced. This is too forced. So today, instead, I'm going to answer your questions. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about mom guilt, <laughs> because that is the one deep topic that I want to talk about first. Because <laughs> I have been feeling that this week. Oh my goodness, in fact, I came upstairs. Hendrik, which you might be able to hear right now, is hoovering downstairs because we've just given Amaldine her snack. She's just woken up. We had a lovely morning. I had some friends over in the garden for a bit of a barbecue, um, which was all very nice. But I really felt like when they left, I was like, oh my gosh, was I short with Amaldine? Was I, did it look like I didn't have a huge amount of patience? I don't really have a huge amount of patience at the moment. Um, 
And then just as I came upstairs, I gave her a Organics oat bar, one of the raspberry ones that, um, as Hendrik pointed out to me, are 25% sugar. I know it's, I know it's fruit sugar, but it's still 25% sugar. It's so sweet. There's no way in hell I could eat a whole bar. Um, and there I was thinking, why am I giving it to my daughter? What am I doing? I should be making some wonderful sugar-free cookies or something like my wonderful friend makes. And <laughs> I've got flipping overripe bananas coming out of my behind, yet I don't feel motivated to make the cookies. But I am. I'm going to do that this evening. Um, so we have some for tomorrow because looking at those organics bars, I've got to stop giving her. I mean, I actually hadn't given her one in ages, so it's okay. But when I came to come upstairs, she ripped open to have a second bar. I actually don't think she meant to do it. She was just curious. She was just playing with the packaging, or so I tell myself. Um, but I, I, I think I probably snapped a bit and was just like, no, no, Amandine, you can't have another one. <laughs> Um, I wasn't telling her off, but I just, I was almost shocked a bit myself and I was slightly, slightly cross that Hendrik had given her the entire pack of organics oat bars um, to play with because then I felt like she could just feel like she could just have another one rather than just be given one, which is what I had done. Anywho, anywho, so a few, yeah, this week I've really felt the mum guilt and it didn't help actually. <laughs> I opened up, I had um, this guest on the podcast, I can't remember what series it was, um, Tanith Kerry, God, I think that's how you say her name, What's My Child Thinking? Um, and she wrote a book, a book with clinical psychologist uh, Dr. Rudkin and it's about practical child psychology for modern parents and I have had a glance through the book before I um, interviewed her for the podcast but I was just having a little bit more of a glance and I'm actually just trying to find the bit now oh here we go how children learn and your child's development and I opened up the page literally as I was coming upstairs where it said milestones two to three years thinking the brain is about 80% of its adult size at age two and that suddenly had this, I had this pang of mum guilt, which, which is the only way I can describe it really, of being like, oh my goodness, have I just, have I done enough in the first couple of years to engage her brain, to help build her brain, to help, um, to help, I guess, her growth? Have I, have I done that? Have I done enough? Have I taken, I don't do baby classes. We do swimming, but that's all we do. I don't do any other baby classes. Um, I, I, we, we read to her every night, yes. We, we're out in nature loads. We're describing things. I mean, she is technically learning two languages rather than one. So I, I would hope that that's um, kind of making up for maybe my lack of baby classes. I don't know. But I haven't done anything... I don't know, I wouldn't have said, she's just been a part of our lives. And every single morning I wake up and I'm like, today I can do better. Today I can do better as a mum. Today I can do better as a wife. <laughs> today I will do better. And every night time I go to bed thinking, today I did not do better. <laughs> and um, that's been a lot more poignant this week. So, is that the right word? I'm going to roll with it. Um, 
so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with me this week. As you guys know, I'm expecting to ovulate, so maybe that is a reason behind all of this. I mean, I only spoke to you last week, didn't I? So things are very much the same in that camp. Thank you very much for all of your very kind messages um, and experiences and sharing with me your fertility insight. I really, really appreciate it. I've had an influx of messages and DMs and they're all so kind. You're all, you're all so kind. You're all so wonderful. And I feel so incredibly supported by you. So thank you very much if you have messaged me. And actually, if you're just listening, because I know you're there and that's what's so lovely is that I know you're there. I know you guys, a lot of you have been through exactly the same. Um, and I just don't feel alone and it's really, really lovely. So thank you very much for being with me through the second half of this series of the podcast. Um, yeah, so my apps right now are telling me I'm using, um, the flow app still for some reason, I didn't renew my free trial, but for some reason I still have access to the thing. So I'm just rolling with that. Um, I did cancel. It hasn't automatically renewed before any of you are like, oh, you need to cancel that. So I did cancel it. Um, and I'm also using the, o- I think it's called Ovia Fertility Tracker, which one of you very kindly recommended to me, um, which is a very odd user face, but it works. Anyway, they both say that I'm ovulating now, but right, to, right now, today, <laughs> right now, this minute. It's Tuesday, by the way. You're listening to this on Wednesday, but I'm not seeing any of the normal signs This is probably too much information as always, but I'm not seeing like the stringy discharge. I'm not having the kind of heavy sensation, which I I have been having when I've been supposedly ovulating. And when I peed on my ovulation sticks, um, which actually this time around were just the cheap boots ones because I just can't, I just can't afford or be paying for the, um, really expensive digital face ones anymore. Um, and they don't say I'm ovulating. So who the heck knows? Who the heck knows? And I'm kind of right now just throwing myself, I throw my arms up. But um, we've had a lot of under the sheet action, which is wonderful. Which is wonderful. So <laughs> moving on, moving on. Um, this week, I'm going to answer your questions, like I said, uh, a couple of moments ago. So let's start with, um, there are only two. There are only two, which I feel like I've um, I've just sucked you dry of questions. <laughs> but there are only two this week. One of them I can't really answer, um, but I will try and get somebody on to chat about that. Um, like I said, a fertility specialist on next um, series. However, if you go back and listen to my podcast with Emma Cannon who is a fertility um expert holistic fertility expert she chats about uh all of these alternative ways to increase your fertility uh, which actually I should probably go back and listen to to be honest um but one of your questions was alternative therapies acupuncture and reflexology yes and yes so my my gorgeous friend um was giving me some acupuncture before coronavirus then coronavirus happened and i haven't seen her for acupuncture obviously um so i can't really say if i feel like that would have made a difference all i can tell you was it was wonderful and it was beautifully relaxing my body responded to it love really nicely um and i do feel that if i had kept going um you know without coronavirus being there maybe maybe it would have helped even more reflexology i've never had never had reflexology i would love to have reflexology but yeah no i've never had it 
Um, and then on to another question. 18-month tantrums and total refusal to let a toothbrush anywhere near the mouth. Go over to um, the Mummy Dentist Instagram page. She shares so much about this kind of stuff. And also she's so open to receiving questions. And she'll be able to give you some tips um, on toothbrushing. One thing that I massively noticed a difference with Amaldine was when we got her electric toothbrush. So we got, um, what's it called? Brush baby toothbrush, which is a little mini sonic one. You just put a battery inside and you can replace the heads. Um, and Amaldine really enjoyed that. It lights up uh, and the little vibrations she really likes. So we do have the whole, I don't want to do my teeth type thing in the evening and in the morning, but I just kind of prepare her for it. I pick her up out of the cot and then we go straight into the bathroom and we teeth brush um, and straight upstairs, straight to teeth brush and then to bed. It's kind of just before she gets down upstairs and runs around and wants to play and wants to jump on the beds and, you know, all of that jazz. So I try and talk to her before and I'm like, right, we're going upstairs. We're going to brush our teeth. We're going to do it quickly. There's not going to be any fuss. We're just going to do it um, and get it done. And that actually seems to really help if I just keep talking. She's like, yep, okay, okay. And then I go to put the toothbrush in her mouth and she does resist a little bit or she does enjoy sucking the toothpaste off, which isn't ideal, but that's one of the reasons why I have a low fluoride one. So I have the um, one with added chamomile with uh, from Brush Baby and she it's apple mint she loves she loves it loves it too much so I think I need to start finding one that doesn't taste so nice <laughs> and um it's incredibly sweet if you put it in your mouth you'd be like how is this refreshing this isn't very nice but it is lower fluoride so I do feel a little bit o- more okay with her sucking the um toothpaste off because obviously I'm trying to teach her how to spit but she doesn't know how to spit and if I give her a glug of water she'll just swallow it she'll just swallow it all um so she doesn't yeah she doesn't know how to spit yet but it'll come it'll come and I do really feel like all of these things are designed to know that babies don't know how to spit so uh, but yeah go over to the mummy dentist instagram page and have a ask her ask her she's the best one to give any advice on all of this so another very very popular question not necessarily this week but a popular question that floods itself into my dms is um can I highlight some of the best things that we have had for Amandine through um, sleeping, through carrying, through travel, through car, just generally what makes our life easier? Now, in the past, I've been very kindly gifted things um, to review, but actually all of the things that you're going to hear in this podcast have none of the brands have been told that they're going to be mentioned um it's in no way in collaboration with any of the brands all that um but this is the stuff that I really do think has been brilliant I will tell you if it was gifted to us because I think that's only fair but it is the stuff that I would buy again um or buy and it is the stuff I would still highly recommend. And it is the stuff that if we are lucky to have another one, I will use, 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 and then keep most likely for my sister if she ever decides to have kiddos. Because a lot of the items I think are, um, you know, they can they can see way more than just two babies. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. If you're not interested in any of this, skip ahead. Um, but I bet you there'll be something that is interesting in here for you. 
Okay, so let's start at the very beginning. The books that I read, this is this is a very popular question. The books that I read when I was pregnant. So I read um, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Um, this is a really, really popular book for pregnancy. However, don't read ahead. <laughs> I read ahead and actually I wouldn't because even though I truly believe that knowledge is power when you're pregnant or when you're due to go into labour. Sorry, Amandine's calling me. <laughs> She's calling me. One minute. I'll be right back. Okay, I don't know what that was about, but she's no longer calling me. Um, Yeah, don't read ahead because as you go more and more and more and more, they start to go a lot more in-depth into um, issues you may have. And I felt it really focused on the negative side of pregnancy and labour. It's incredibly, incredibly informative. If you, say, go see your midwife and she says you have this, then you can look it up and you can um, see what it means and what it means for your pregnancy going forward. That is really, really helpful. Um, But if, yeah, if you do read ahead, it can make for slightly, slightly concerning reading. Um, But it's great as a bit of an index to go to if you do need a little bit more information on what you um what the midwife has said uh same thing goes for the happy birth book i read that by beverly turner and pam wilde that's really interesting it's an a to z book i actually started it it kind of put me off it being an a to z book these are books i bought myself by the way it was it was um kind of put me off it a bit but actually once i started going through it i realized why it was an a to z book again really good place to be if you want to it's almost like a google book essentially for pregnancy but really really good um, what else did I read? Um, How to Have a Baby by Natalie Meddings. She has been a guest on the podcast and she very kindly sent me her book to read. It's brilliant. It's so good. It is so good. I loved it. And I actually will reread that one over any of the other ones. If we are lucky enough to get uh, pregnant again, I will definitely read that. I loved it. Um, they, I would say, are my top three books, but um, there are probably some new ones out there by now, uh, maybe. Oh, and also <laughs> the Unmumsy Mum books by Sarah Turner, who's also been a guest on the podcast. They're brilliant. They're so funny. Um, and she gives an insightful view into parenting and um, a, no, a no bullshit view into parenting. And it's very, very, very good. Um, apps. So for pregnancy, I had um, the Baby Center app was the one that I used most of all, I think. Um, but there was a point when I started, I stopped looking at it actually, because um, I found that at the very beginning, I was really looking, really looking. It just made the process really slow. <laughs> Um, I was like, oh, what? She's only the size of a manga. You've got to be kidding me. Um, there was one of my friends had an app where it was animals. There was the size of animals. And I found that really actually amazing. That was pretty cool because I thought, oh, you could have a kitten now. Um, anyway, that's a good app. Um, the other thing that I was just going to mention, when you have your baby, the Wonder Weeks app is really, really great once you've had your baby. Um, that app I have stopped looking at. Um, I think there's a point when they are very, very young and you're really questioning what's going on and why are they being so, you know, why are they crying so much? Or And, and it's quite nice, especially with Amaldine, to look and think, oh, okay, she's going through a leap right now. This is a quite a transitional phase for her. This is a challenge for her mentally, and stimulation is at all-time high. Um, th- 
and that was really helpful as a parent to think, oh God, it's not just me being really, really rubbish. Uh, bedtime. So I'll never forget my biggest piece of advice. If you're listening and you're pregnant or you're due to give birth soon, my biggest piece of advice advice is um, have what you are going to dress your baby in at night for the first night when you're at home ready to go. Because if you get home from hospital and it's quite late or you want to get home from hospital, um, you don't want to be worrying about how hot your nurse or how hot your bedroom is, where you're going to put them, what you're going to cover them in. I didn't do this. And I remember it's one of my first memories, or actually my first memory is the night before I went into labour, I did a whole load of laundry, like bedsheet laundry. And um, I remember thinking, I bet you anything I'm going to go into labour and I'm going to come home to all of this damn laundry hanging around the house, which is not what I wanted. And of course it was, that's exactly what happened. So when I came home, I came home to all of the sheets hanging downstairs because um, it had been really warm. And uh, I remember coming home with the baby. Amandine was asleep. We left her in the car seat for a tiny little bit. Um, and I folded all of the sheets. Like, I didn't go and lie down. I'd literally just given birth, like, five hours earlier. <laughs> um, and I was just folding all the laundry, putting it back upstairs. Um, I didn't sit down. I just... Uh, just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I don't know what was going through my mind. Anyway. Um... But I remember going upstairs and I think it was maybe 11.30 by the time we'd kind of decided, right, we should probably go to bed. Um, And panicking because we had got her one of these grow bag swaddle type things. So it was like a a zip, you can still get them, zip down the bottom and then the arms pop her. So you you swaddle their arms in and then they pop her. But for me, it felt like it was really tight on Amandine's neck. Now, I don't really think it was, but just because I didn't really have any idea of what I was doing, I didn't feel comfortable putting her in it. Um, And I thought she was going to be too hot, but obviously she'd just come from inside my body, which is really rather warm. Um, So, yeah, I was really stressing. And I just recommend that you have an idea of what you're going to put them in. But for sleeping time now, and actually in the beginning, to begin with, I just put her in a vest and then I think a baby grow or two I can't even really remember but listen back to the very beginning podcast and you'll know um but I think the grow bags are really great swaddles are really great um like muslin type swaddles are really great uh sheets we have um little green sheeps little green sheep sheets God, that's hard to say. And they are fantastic. I only have two. I have I had two for the Mo, uh, like the little Moses basket next to me crib. And I have two for Amandine's cot. And that's all I need. Um, and they're brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. Really soft. Wash really well. Highly recommend. They were kindly gifted to us. Um, the cot is from Moki. It's very slightly smaller than your average cot. It turns into a bed when they're ready. Uh, again, highly recommend. It had loads and loads of settings, of height settings. We're now on this lowest one, obviously. Um, but I love it. It's brilliant. Um, mobile that we had. So I made the mobile that went over the top of her cot 
but um, I was also a very kindly gifted one from Flenstead, which are these little elephants. And it's quite cool because when you pop the elephants out, they're 3D. So when the baby's looking up from underneath, it's a real shape. Whereas the one I made, when when Amandine was looking up, she couldn't see anything. I made it as if you were looking side on, which a um, bit silly, really, because they can't see. They can't see it. It's all very pretty for us adults, but not very pretty for the baby. So I think if we were to have a second, I would... Uh, I'll probably switch around all the felt things and uh, make them so they're facing down towards the cot so Amandine can actually see them, or the uh, A-baby can actually see them. Um, Our chest of drawers, I think there's so much around nursery furniture, isn't there? But there are some great IKEA hacks where you can buy the IKEA chest of drawers and then just change the knobs if you want them to look a little bit nicer. I actually found our chest of drawers, which is really high, actually, for a changing table. Um, I found it on... Uh, Gumtree or Facebook Marketplace I think for like 15 quid and it was perfect. It was uh, like an antique dark brown walnut wood uh, type thing which was the look I was going for. Um, changing mat was from Ollie and Ella. It was a changing basket with little um, infills. I actually did a bit of a hack with that. I bought a foam, a piece of foam Uh, You know the blue kind of cushiony foam that you can buy? And I cut it to the size of the Ollie and Ella basket because it was a wicker basket and lying a baby down on that doesn't seem very nice. And then I bought these Cam Cam, um, it's a brand Cam Cam which you can get on Scandibon, covers that were for their own changing mat but they actually fit mine as well. So uh, I would cover them in that. And they're washable... um, not great for poo explosions. You would then have to wash absolutely everything, pretty much. But it was aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> would I do it again? Probably not. If I um, didn't have the Olianella basket, would I just get a wipeable one? Probably. Probably, yes. Especially because we don't have enough room in our bathroom to have a changing... Um, kind of unit. We don't have, like, a chest of drawers in our bathroom or anything. So... Uh, It was all done in her bedroom, hence the poo explosions on the carpet. Not ideal. So at some point, we will change the carpet. In fact, I really want to do a nursery, a bit of a nursery makeover. Or Amandine's room makeover anyway, and just get that carpet out. Out, up and out. Take it back to wood, get someone in to fill and sand the floors. Um, Actually lift all the floorboards first, put insulation. So it's not an easy job, it's not an easy job, it's not a cheap job, so it's not a job for now. Not a job for now. Um, What else can I say? Clothes-wise, really tiny baby, I get asked this all the time. Baby Mori is expensive, but it's brilliant. A lot of, um, well actually no, I lie when I say a lot of. Some of the items Amandine has had when she was a baby were baby Mori because they just were super, super, super soft. Um, but I also think do secondhand stuff. Absolutely do secondhand stuff. There's so much out there. I've kept most of ours, but, you know, if we um, decide not to have another baby or whatever, then uh, I'll, I will be trying to sell ours. And um, they're in the next to perfect condition. So... I would 100% look for secondhand stuff for a new baby and just get a couple of new little bits that you really, really, really love. Um, And soft little bits. 
Oh, yes, I forget the one famous question, white noise, white noise machine. There are some wonderful white noise machines out there, especially ones that you can take and travel around with. So the best one that we have for travel, which is just fantastic, is the My Hummy Little Heart, uh, which we take to France with us and we have in the car with us if we need it. Um, but also there are ones by uh, You and the Dream Sheep, which is a little sheep. And there's also a cloud by Snooze. Um, there's Ollie the Owl. There are so many out there. In fact, a couple of the ones um, that were sent to me, I am um, selling over on my Depop for well over half price. So if you're in the need of a white noise machine, definitely go and have a look over there on my Depop. Um, I think it's Ems Jolin, my Depop, E-M-S-J-A-U-L-I-N. Um, but just message me if you want the link and I'll send it to you. Um, but if you want a plug-in white noise, which is what we use with Amandine, so you're not changing the batteries all the time, not great for travelling, but if you or obviously going out in the pram. <laughs> um, but if you're after a plug-in one, the Dom Marpac ones are great. So D-O-H-M or Marpac. I believe they're the same brand. Um, but yeah, that's brilliant. It gives a very, very natural white noise. For carrying, I would highly recommend a Fornessi wrap, which is what we use at the very, very beginning. Um, that is uh, a very, very soft, soft, soft wrap. Really, really comfortable. Absolutely love the brand. Um, they're a small brand and the owner of the business is just lovely and makes the best wraps, I think. Um, Ergo Baby for something a little bit more structured. And we still use it with Amandine. I carry her on my back. I still use the Ergo Baby. And then obviously for more adventures and hiking or longer walks, you and when they get older than six months, you may find that you want something a little bit more robust. I would not be without my Osprey Poco backpack. I absolutely adore it. Pretty much use it every single day. Um, it's been used, I would say, 10 times more than our pram ever has, um, as the Ergo Baby as well. On the pram front, I do get asked this question a lot. Um, we do, we barely use ours, in all honesty. Um, we use the Bugaboo Amp for travel, but I'll come to that for travel essentials. Um, but we... I mean, I do, our Bugaboo hasn't been used for... Our Jules pram is underneath my mum's bed, um, down in at her house, just in case we ever need a pram. And the Bugaboo one, which I have to say I did fall in love with, and I do love, I adore our Bugaboo pram. It's the Bugaboo Fox, and it's just amazing. And if we do have another child, that's the one I'll be using. Um, I love it. It is, uh, it hasn't been used since January. I know that's a lot down to do with um, COVID, but also our lifestyle. Like, I don't go into town shopping. We don't really go out for lunch. Um, <laughs> we don't We don't really do any of the kind of stuff that um, Amandine would need to be in a pram with. And she loves walking now, so it doesn't get a huge amount of use. Um, what else? Uh, okay, car seats. Uh, we had a, tr- a Kiddy UK one for Amandine to start with. Um, which was a life flat one for all the travel that we were doing. That's the one that we had um, because we drive to France so much we wanted it to be life flat. I think there are better ones now on the market that you can um, you can get that are life flat. I think Cybex do a really great one that's life flat. I have to say the one that we have now for Amandine, which is the Cybex, um, is brilliant. It's the Serona I size, the Serona S I size, I think. Um, and it is just brilliant. I wouldn't be without it. So many of you have bought it, actually. Um, and it is fantastic. 
I love it. We can get it in our two-door mini um, and it swivels all the way around so it's really easy to put her in and out. Sorry, I just hit the mic. And um, we can we put it in our bigger car um, and it's brilliant and you can interchange them within a couple of minutes and it's so easy. Would highly recommend getting a mirror. Uh, we still have Amandine rear-facing with our Cybex, even though you can turn it all the way around. We've chosen not to for the moment, just for safety. So we have a mirror. It's I think our mirror is from Onco, but it's uh, it's just from Amazon. But I would highly recommend getting one. And then for travelling, because obviously the Cybex Serona, you can't really travel with. I mean, it is, it's huge. Um, and I would worry about breaking it if I traveled, if I put it on an aeroplane and it's very heavy. So we just got a joie strap in one, which does recline. It's really good. I was really impressed with it. Um, and it does rear facing. So we do put her rear facing in that as well when we are in France. Um, and it's super light, really, really, really light. We have a bag, which again was just from Amazon, um, to keep that nice and nice and safe and yeah, fine on the plane. Um, and also we do shove our wetsuits in there and we shove nappies in there and we really pad out the um, car seat bag with lots of things. I put the Ergo Baby carrier in there sometimes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I put loads of stuff in there. So that brings me on to travel. And in addition to the things I just mentioned, which are the joie car seat bag and the mirror, um, which we also take travelling because you don't want to be you know in a strange car if you're hiring a car without a mirror with your child facing backwards uh, we've done it quite a lot of times and I've just spent the whole journey worrying and um, that I can't see Amandine especially because we tend to arrive really late in France around like 9 10 11 o'clock um, and it's dark and I can't see her and I, I just don't like it very much um, but we normally take our ergo baby our osprey backpack um, our car seat the mirror um, the Bugaboo Ant, which you can obviously put on the aeroplane, that was very kindly gifted, I'll just say that, so was the Osprey backpack actually, and also we take uh, my Lululemon backpack, which is brilliant actually, it's not obviously meant for a nappy bag, but it has like a separate trainer section at the bottom of the backpack, and which has um, a zipper so you can get to the outside, it's perfect for putting your nappies in, your uh, wipes in, your creams in if you just want something that you can easily get to and you don't have to rummage through your backpack it's got that easy zippable section right at the bottom and it's not very big either um, so it's really easy to just have with you and take with you um, that was very kindly gifted through a friend um, but I would recommend it it's not cheap though but I would recommend it it's probably in line with most other nappy changing bags if you're not um, bottle feeding I mean, even if you are actually, if you're bottle feeding, you can get those little um, kind of uh, insulator things, can't you, for a single bottle or something. So you don't necessarily need a specific nappy changing uh, bag if you're bottle feeding. Because that's what I found was that all of the nappy changing bags had all of these kind of bottle holders that I just didn't really need. Um, and a lot of the compartments I didn't really need or didn't really want. And I also wanted a backpack that I would be then be using for the time that, you know, I'm, Amandine doesn't need one. Um, and I'll still like it. So that's, uh, it's a good investment. It's a good investment. And you can also use it for your gym gear, obviously, when you're, when you're, um, done with baby making so that is kind of where we're at what else oh sleeping of course what else with sleeping i'm um, going back to sleeping i forgot to mention the snooze 
pod beside me crib so we have the snooze pod three in a walnut brown and i adore it i absolutely adore it i can't wait to hopefully one day put it back up again um i absolutely loved it and would highly highly recommend using it um and purchasing one uh, that's what we use when she was in my bedroom. Uh, it's really easy to move around. The top bassinet section detaches from the base. So you could, if you wanted, put it on the floor and then it's got a bit of a rocking motion to it. But let's just say you put your bed on the floor or something. To, I know a lot of people do that, put their mattresses on the floor to stop the potential of baby rolling out of bed or something like that um, if you're co-sleeping. Um, you can put that on the floor as well. There's, um, I loved it. There's a reflux lift that we actually had on the whole time for Amandine because I realised she didn't really like sleeping flat at all. Um, so we had that up the whole time. It's got mesh side panels so you can see them. It's got like a little storage thing at the bottom so you can put everything that you need for the night down there. There's bags that you can put on the side. There's, It's brilliant. I would highly, highly recommend it. I, I loved it. Um... What else can I tell you? That's it, really. I mean, there's so much stuff that's thrown at us, isn't there, when we're pregnant, um, of buy this or buy that. I know a lot of it is, oh, isn't that lovely? I'd love to have that. That will make make things so much easier. Um, oh, a nightlight, a little nightlight. I found that an absolute necessity because Amandine was a September baby. The mornings were getting darker and darker and darker and darker. Um, and I absolutely needed a little nightlight that was a calm light that I could just pop on next to me when I was feeding so I could see what I was doing. You know, when, when you're a new mum or even second time around and you breastfeed or, or even bottle feed, you want to be able to see what you're doing. Um, and... That was just off Amazon, but I highly recommend getting one of those. And also a thermometer because, like a grow egg or maybe even just a little, um, you know, uh, old-fashioned type thermometer that you can just lie in there, um, snooze pod or next to me crib, whatever it is, lie it in there so you know what temperature the bedroom is um, and then that will help you kind of know what to dress them in. We do it with Amandine now still. She has a little thermometer next to her. We just check the temperature every time we go to bed. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what we do. The grow egg we have as well and it's really, really good but I did find it wasn't particularly accurate. Um but I would highly recommend having a thermometer in their bedroom so you know what temperature they are at. Uh, what else can I share with you? Um, oh, someone asked about maternity clothes. So I never really understood with maternity clothes why they are necessarily breastfeeding clothes as well because, I don't know, maybe just because they're really, really comfortable, but I didn't buy a huge amount of maternity clothes. I literally just bought things in a larger size. <laughs> So I did buy maternity trousers because otherwise the bands are just, the, the buttons wherever they fall on your body are just really um, uncomfortable, aren't they? And my go-to places were um, H&M. Uh, I'm just trying to think what else I bought. I think the only things I bought actually were from H&M. And then my love, one of my lovely yoga clients gave me a whole, lent me a whole bunch of her things, uh, which pretty much saw me through the rest of my pregnancy um so that was very very kind of her I think that was it though I think I literally just got some jeans from H&M and some shorts from H&M because I loved their little I loved their belly bands I liked feeling like I was held in with a belly band um 
think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, so that's pretty much all I can share with you on kind of the product type things of what we really liked and what we really enjoyed um, and what we would definitely use again. Uh, I'm sure there are things that I've absolutely missed out. Um, but in fact, I know there is. There's a sleep book that I was reading, but actually... Um, I would highly recommend taking Cara Baby's sleep stuff. <laughs> um, one thing else I also wanted to talk about, because again, it is a topic that comes up a lot in um, chit-chat on my DMs. It's the way our bodies change when we get pregnant and how it's not really talked about very much and what we can expect. And I mean, I didn't know things like you can get more skin tags when you are uh, pregnant because there's an overgrowth in certain areas of, of the skin or something. It's hormonal. I, I have a skin tag on the inside of my leg. Um, where do I have another one? I have another one on my chest that I remember when I was pregnant, that I was coming to the end of my pregnancy, that I was really, really scared that it might be, um, uh, uh, a cancerous area of skin or something like that and I remember the midwife saying let's just see what happens and now it's just gone to one of those bleached it's like a bleached raised dot almost um and it's definitely a skin tag so it's things like that that we're just not told about we're just not informed about or educated on um in fact we just are not educated on pregnancy whatsoever we're educated on how not to get pregnant and and that's it and I, I remember I was chatting to my friend um a couple of days ago or last week actually we went for a walk and we were very much saying you know we spend so much of our life as girls like fearful of getting pregnant and don't get pregnant like literally if you can get pregnant so so easily and you know you can but then when you come to adulthood and you're wanting to make a baby and the time is right you actually realize that there's a very small window <laughs> of trying to get pregnant if you are lucky anyhow I feel like that is a topic for another podcast but I would be really really interested to know if you are listening if you're still listening well done <laughs> um if you can dm me and tell me if you feel the same and how you know your body has changed after pregnancy and um how you feel about that and if i mean i very much um when i you guys have probably heard me talk about this a lot but when i gave birth to amandine I had so much respect for my body. I mean, I still do. My body has birthed a child. It's fed a child for a lot of her um, first months, or pretty much well over her first year, actually. But now, now I'm starting to lose respect a little bit for my body, which is a, quite an interesting progression. And I keep thinking, well, why should it take me to fall pregnant, give birth, feed a baby, bring this life into the world to respect my body. It should be something that we have instilled in us from a very, very early age. And on that note, I am going to love you and leave you. Um, it won't be long till you hear my voice again and I will try and be a little bit more active on social media, giving you some bits. I know I always say on Mum Talk, Instagram, don't I, that I am going to review some things for you. I am going to tell you what I like about them so you can actually see them for yourself. Um, do I ever feel like I find the time to do that? 
No, I can make more effort to make the time though, and that I shall. Uh, But bear with me, (laughs) because it won't be probably for the next few weeks. Um, But we'll be back. We'll be back really soon. Thank you so, so much. I don't have a date yet, but you you know it won't be long. Of course it won't be long. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this series of Mum Talk. I really, really appreciate you guys listening. Um, You are the reason that I'm here. So, And to know that uh, my voice, my experience, what I'm sharing is helping so many of you to either not feel alone um, or to encourage you to do things or to let you know that, oh, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say a big, old Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. If you haven't yet, sorry about the plug, if you haven't yet rated or reviewed the podcast, pretty, pretty please um, do that because it really, really helps the podcast stay visible, especially whilst we jump between series. Um, It will help the podcast stay visible to those who are maybe looking for a little bit of support and to not feel alone out there. Um, Thank you all for being here i love you so much um please keep in touch with me on social media you can follow me at emma jolin which is e-m-m-a-j-a-u-l-i-n on instagram or also mum talk podcast on instagram take care of yourselves and speak to you very soon